Welcome to the Founder DNA Podcast, where we explore the strengths and experiences of successful startup founders to show that there is no single recipe for success and that startup founders are as unique as the businesses they build. My name is Micah Lawrence, and I'm your host. I'm an ICF certified coach, a Gallup certified strengths coach, and a trained facilitator. And my co-host is Scott Paul, a perpetual creator, angel investor, and a successful startup founder in his own right. As CEO and founder of Rags, Rachel Nilsson designed and perfected the Rag, a stylish, snap-free romper that quickly gained a cult following. Rags grew from a mom's need for kids' style and comfort to a multi-million dollar brand and launches that sell out in minutes. Rachel's unique and dedicated leadership make Rags unconventional as a company and unexpected as a competitor. Rachel, welcome to the Founder DNA podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm stoked. This is fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Well, we're we're excited to have you. And I know you and Scott know each other really well, but I got to meet you for the first time just last week. And I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. And I'm excited for other people to to get to know you better too. Cool. I hope I'm I hope I'm entertaining y'all. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you don't have to be entertaining. You just be just be yourself. I so no, it's about entertainment. You when when you're a founder. And, and you're trying to get money or attention for your product, you have to become an entertainer. This is this is where we have probably a lot of the same strengths, Scott and I. Yeah. I would never, I would never have thought that somebody would say that or that that would be true, but it actually makes a lot of sense. You're always yeah, on I stage. Think, I think people don't know. Yeah, they don't know what to do with you if you're if you're like that. It's like I just want to be a part of that. Yeah, I love it. Well, look at look at I mean, look at the richest guy in the world right now. Look at the presidents of late. It's, it's, it's about, it's, it's about entertainment. That's what people mm-hmm. want. Yeah. You gotta keep yeah. people's attention. Same. Yeah. So interesting that that's, that's what founder life is like. Well, so Rachel, tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and what, what led to you starting your current company up to this point in your entrepreneurial journey? Oh man. So I, I'll give you kind of just the dumbed down version. Uh, I think I've always kind of had an entrepreneurial spirit. I actually know I have, I am like horrible at working for other people, but I'm also like a really creative person. Um, I started early in like high school. I was making my own clothes, selling those to walked into a boutique, uh, a famous boutique here. It was called JMR chalk garden. I don't know if you're from here, but no. They, the buyer of that place was like, I want to buy your shirt. Where'd you get that? And I was like, I make them. So I, I started, it. yeah, I started doing, um, clothing for JMR and then a bunch of just like skate shops, uh, around Utah and no it was doing really well. And back then nobody was really shopping internet. And I remember just getting so frustrated because I was, I was playing college soccer at the time. And I was like, I'm like such a addict to fun. And it was like, in the beginning it was fun, but then eventually it was just like, Oh my gosh, I have to like bring my stuff to my friend's house. And so while everybody's hanging out and I just stopped doing it. And they were yeah. like, anytime you want to sell again, like we'll buy it. Cause it was doing well and money to me, the college student, I was like, dude, I can live off of like 20 bucks a week. Yeah. Like I can eat nachos at the gas station <laughs> and Del Taco. And like, I only need gas for my car, you know? Yeah. So Um, so I learned a lot and I learned like, if this ever happens again, get it into like, get out from behind your sewing machine. So, uh, fast forward, I had three boys, my kid's dad was in law school and 
we like needed to make ends meet. So I was selling Instagram was like fairly new at the time. And uh-huh. I was like, Oh, maybe I could sell their hand-me-down clothes and make some money. Cause we were legit like food stamps, Medicaid, you name it. We were like very poor and it was like, cool. It was like, a, it was, you know, but I was also like, there's really nothing to lose. This is just like a good way to make money. And I had at the time, uh, almost one-year-old little toddler and he, I just, he was way wriggly and I hated the clothing for him. Yeah. So I made a one piece, we call it now a rag, but it's like uh-huh. a one piece romper that you slide on and off, no snaps. And I posted that on my Instagram and it was almost like immediately I could tell that the reaction was going to be the same as my prior clothing line. Right. So I was like, oh dude, I could do this and it's direct to consumer. I'm not having to give up half my margin and like people want it. And, yeah. and so I started building that. I did one sale myself on Instagram, like invoicing people physically. Hilarious. <laughs> of course. And then I was like, I was like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to build like a little website. So did that. And then like one of the first things I did was get it into manufacturing. Cause I realized there was like, it, there was a demand for the product and then um, hire like somebody to help me ship. Both of those things were like, that's not where I'm going to be like the best utilized. And I know I'll burn out. Like I just knew because of the prior experience. Um, so did you know, I've got to ask. Oh yeah, go ahead, yeah. Scott. What was the first website? I always loved the first So time. actually it was rachelandgroms.com. Really? Oh, yes. Cool. <laughs> like nobody, that's actually a good question. I've never told somebody that. So a secret. But it was, was Rachel it and Groms. And then, <clears throat> and then I, that's why I called it rags. Um, but my Instagram uh, was rags to Rach's cause I was selling my kids hand-me-downs and it was kind of like a fun little thing. It still yeah, is that nice play on words. Uh, yeah. So then I, then I did rags to Rach's.com and then we got rags.com, which was like the craziest story. We wanted to buy that and it ended up becoming like the, the guy that got offered our URL, his wife was like a mega fan of rags. So I got it for actually really cheap and I flew out there and like met his wife and had them be in a photo shoot with us just like as a thank you. <laughs> cool. <clears throat> but yeah, so uh, fast forward, we I did I ended up doing Shark Tank. That was really cool, great exposure for the brand. Uh-huh. And then you know from there, it just kind of snowballed. Like we had Nordstrom. Actually, I reached out to Nordstrom, um, but but they had seen the episode, so it was really easy for us to get the, get in. And then you know Disney reached out, Star Wars, and um, we're we're doing a deal with Warner Brothers right now. And no way um marvel yeah like it just kind of snowballed from there you know um and it's still just happening so that's that's where we're that's where we're at we, okay. we're releasing this week we're releasing what is it um guns and roses so what? that'll be fun yeah how do you find how do yeah. you find these partnerships do they come to Dude, you or so is it like nordstrom like, you go to them so, we've been really lucky where they've all come to us um, Nordstrom yeah. was kind of like a pipe dream. And now I'm wondering why, just kidding. Nordstrom's great. <laughs> but, uh, I actually called their accounting office because they don't have the buyer's information anywhere. And right. I ended up calling the accounting department, like on a whim, of course, the accounting department's numbers published all over. Cause they want to collect. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, they transferred me to the wrong, the wrong department. Can you transfer me back into the baby buyer? And the lady was like, yep, no problem. Transfer me. And I was like, hey. And then I pitched. That is <laughs> and so the lady, slick. <laughs> the lady was like, I saw your shark tank. And she like knew of me. So it no was, it was way. rad. Yeah. That is really cool. <laughs> Rachel's a hacker. 
Like <laughs> that's what you have to figure out. And you know, the, you don't just get on the shark tank. You got to hack your way on. You got to, you got to be presentable. You got to be an entertainer Yeah. Yep. and you got to yep. hack business models too. And you got to hack your way into getting the buyer. You got, that's all this founder stuff is about. And it's, it's going, it's not following the normal rules that are put in front of you because if you just follow those rules, your brand will sell 50 bucks a month and that's it. Dude. It's so cool. It's so crazy, Scott, because I, I never would have put it into words when you said like, that's the founder. That's the life of a founder is to be the entertainer, dude. It is actually like shark tank. I don't know how I knew that, but I knew like, Hey, just be freaking entertaining. Like it's yeah. all about the ratings and then everything else will fall into place. Cause I knew I had a great business. I knew my numbers were good, but I was like, now just make it. So it's rad for people to watch. Yeah. I watched that episode. And I, I remember thinking you looked like you were in your element, like you were totally comfortable. I loved and you were, it. It was yeah. so fun. It was scary. but fun. Yeah. Well, it's I didn't know Rachel first, by the way, I, I saw her, I knew her first by Shark Tank, not, not by the fact that we were proximity, oh, okay. like neighbors and stuff. <laughs> so we, we weren't friends when she was uh, at that time. Although we have a distant relationship, like we all in Utah, we're all kind of related. So I think yeah. we're like Small third world. cousins or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got to ask too, the, um, the way that you, so I just want to get in into a little bit more about like who you are and what it is about you that helps you like overcome setbacks and push through rejection. And even just listening to you tell your story, you mentioned that you, when you realized after you first posted on Instagram that people were interested in it, you were like, oh, I need to get this to manufacturing. And so you just did it. Like you swept over that part of the story. Like it was no big deal. And I know that that's where some entrepreneurs get the hang up is how do I make the connections with manufacturers? How do I create a prototype? Things like that, that can be a really big stopping point for some entrepreneurs. You were just like, so I found someone to manufacture my stuff. It's like, what is it about you that helps you, that helps make entrepreneurship work? Um, I, I think ignorance is bliss. And honestly, it's like probably this weird, um, ignorant optimism. I don't know how to explain it. It's like huh. in my brain, it's like, I don't know why I wouldn't be able to figure that out. Like everybody, you know, people have done this in the past started somewhere. Like I, I don't know why I couldn't do the, the same, you know, it's actually really funny because when I was like pregnant, I didn't read one book about what it was about to happen to me and like <laughs> my body and like delivery. Yeah. <laughs> like I just was like, Pioneers did it. Like yeah, I'll be people fine. did this all the time. Yeah, they did it all the time. And like they didn't have near as much medicine and whatever that we do. So I'll just cruise. It's 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 really actually kind of dumb, but it makes it so you're not like it, it, I think that was probably one of the top traits of mine was like activator, where I, I like yeah. tend to just jump off the cliff and I'm like falling in the air and I'm like, oh yeah, I'll figure this out while I'm in the air. <laughs> but like right. the initial step is just freaking jump you know? So I think that's just kind of been the approach the whole time is, is yeah, I've never done manufacturing. I didn't go to school for it. I didn't, I don't know. I don't know anything about patterns, but it was like, I'll figure it out. Like people do. And, and yeah. it's amazing how many people are willing to help if you just ask and, you know, so yeah, I I, you're that. right. It, it, now looking back, it's like, Holy crap. I had no idea what, yeah. what, what I was, was doing. doing. Yeah. Do you have a mentor guide, Rachel? Um, not, not necessarily. No, not early on. My, my dad is, as an entrepreneur, 
And I think, I think he, he knows nothing about what I do. He's, he's more of a musician and he ended up selling his company to Warner brothers and and he's very creative and he's really scrappy. I think what, what he provided me was just unbelievable confidence. It was like, yeah, you're going to figure it out. Yeah, of course you're going to do that. You know? And it's like, yeah, like my dad thinks I can do it. I'm going to be able to do it. it. It really is so crazy. It's like, unbelievable optimism. I tell my, I tell my team that that's like something we focus on is having like unbelievable optimism because there's anything that you can, anything that you want to do there, there can, you can always make up like 15 hurdles to stop you from doing it. Anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, so that's powerful. So I've got to ask then, was there any point in your journey up to this point where that optimism was at risk where you felt like this isn't going to work? Like, Nope, this is the end. Every can, day. Can you give me one every day? <laughs> you're not the first, you're not the first person to say that. That's hilarious. Oh, I think that that's kind of why entrepreneurs are a little bit crazy in the cabeza <laughs> because yeah. it's like literally this happens every freaking week. And this is no joke. One day it's like the raddest, like, yes, this is so rad. And the next day it's like, oh, I'm done. I don't want to get out of bed. Like it is so volatile. And like the roller coaster ride is so insane that part of me thinks that's, that's, that's like what I'm addicted to. Although I hate the lows, but it's almost like a weird adrenaline. That's like, how do I solve myself out of this? And, and I always tell myself the whole freaking time, you're going to figure it out. You're going to figure it out. And I do believe like law of attraction, man. It's like, if you, if you have that attitude, it's unbelievable. Like what you'll accomplish, you know, it's like mind over matter for sure. Yeah, I love that. Have you ever Scott, quit? Scott, I see your wheels like, turning. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I I I'm the same way. We're we're very in common our traits, you know, even in this test. But like I say I'm done every, you know, every month. I think I have a moment. And, and sometimes I do quit. You know, like I actually pull through. I and I actually it the right thing to do is be done. I know, and that might not be with the whole company, but like in, in some ways that has been, I've quit my job as a CEO. I fired myself as a CEO. I fired, like I fired customers. I didn't like, like sometimes you just have to act on that. Like if you're, you keep getting the, the uh, prompting to be done. Like sometimes it is the right thing to do is, right. is call it, call it, call it quits. And that might just be like a pro that might be a part of your business, a person at the company. Um, you hope that it's not just the whole company, it, you know, oh, yeah. that goes through your head every day. <laughs> you Yeah. 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 I'm trying to think like, of course I've quit. And I think it's, I think that's where entrepreneurs are like, it's like, it's like great to superior (laughs) is the ones that know how to say no, you know, it's like, or, or to stop this project or to, because especially people, I mean, I, I like to win and I'm pretty freaking competitive. Um, I love when other people succeed, but I think I'm really competitive with myself. And, and that is like really freaking hard to, to be like, Hey, the best thing to do is just like, let that go. Yeah. I hate the word quit. I don't know why it might just be because, and I'm trying to, maybe I'm like in denial. Maybe I'm like, do I, but, but it could be that I'm quitting and I'm calling it something else. Cause there's more, more, you know, opportunity over here rather than saying, I'm quitting this or I'm doing that. It's like, I'm just, I'm just capitalizing over here, refo- refocusing my focus because there's more opportunity or I don't know. Like I don't, we, we stigmatize the word 
quit. Yeah, maybe that and a maybe quitter. that's true. Yeah. Although you know, if you're chain smoker, you want to quit. If you're, right. you know, so there's, but we've. I think the I think the entrepreneur grind mentality makes quitting a we a weakness. How and lame is that? It's so true. It's kind of lame. Like we got it. It's good that we're talking about it. That's what this is about. Like like someone should just bring that up someday. Well, dude, that's like making like, my head like. Of course I've quit, but it's hard for me to even say, yeah, I've quit, yeah, but no. totally I have, of course. But the fact I'm that so you're quit. saying, yeah. the fact that you're saying you, you almost in this, in this conversation, we've reframed the word quit, Rachel, when you said that the best entrepreneurs know when to say no, we celebrate knowing when to say no, but for some reason we don't celebrate quitting. So they're very much the same thing. And if you're mm -hmm. Rachel and I had this conversation when we met last week, that uh, a lot of times as an entrepreneur, and I've, I've seen this in a lot of the founders I've coached, they, they have to be the jack of all trades at the beginning of their business. And as their business grows and evolves, they get to a point where they start to have some flexibility to say, I'm not the best person for this kind of work. And when you are doing a lot of the work that is harder for you because you did it out of necessity at first, it's it. I can imagine it does feel like quitting because it was never something mm -hmm. you enjoyed, never something you were good at. You want to do these other things that you do enjoy that you are good at. And sometimes learning to say no is the right. It sounds like you're saying learning to say no is the right quitting at the right time. Yeah, And, and being self-aware enough to know to probably your point, Scott, to know, like, dude, I'm not cut out for that. Like, that's not where I will, I'm not doing the company any favors by trying to do, force myself in that box. That's, yeah. that's a tough thing, dude. And, and especially, you know, like, yeah, you can't, you, you can't have an ego when you're, uh, when you're a CEO or a founder or somebody at the top, I think that can really hurt your company. That's another, and that's another word, like ego gets used mistakenly sometimes. I mean, you have to have confidence and you have to have vision and you have to have competence, but, right. but there, but the understanding that ego and stuff is, is an important thing that I think a lot of founders need to coach through and also not, it's not stigmatized because there's egos that might so be true. appropriate to have, you know, and, I, and I, fine but, line, huh? yeah, it's weird. It's all, it's all there's stuff. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of time to talk about it. We're all sitting in the middle of like, grinding like literally grinding all day long there's not a lot of time to take a deep breath and go like what am i grinding on mm -hmm. like am i doing the same <laughs> thing seven years day in day out and like one little course correction could like change my mental health or my income or my like ability to deal with stuff i mean that's that's why these things are important i think to have, have these discussions and and rachel and i are good for that like we call each other and do sanity checks you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh that's smart totally. i love that well, and Scott and I have had this conversation even just recently in that uh, you need you need a certain amount of ego to make it as an entrepreneur. You need to believe in yourself yeah. and know that you can do it. Just like Rachel was saying before, it's like, yeah, this is going to suck. And I know this is going to be hard, but I can do this. And why not me? And that's, mm -hmm. I think you need some of that to be successful. But there's also this interesting, I've noticed when some founders will refer me to somebody else that's in a similar situation, another founder starting a business. Um, and then they're not interested in coaching at all. They don't, they don't want help. It's almost like the people who are most confident in themselves, I see as the ones who know they need help. And that takes Absolutely. a level of maturity to be coachable and recognize just because I'm the boss doesn't mean I know everything and to seek help from other people and check in with other, other founders and other entrepreneurs. That's, that's a really, I think that's a really big sign of 
healthy ego. You know you're capable, but you also know you need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. It's that way in life, business, everything. You know. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your strengths a little bit more too. So everybody knows that I use the Clifton Strengths Assessment from Gallup in all of the coaching and team development that I do. Rachel and I met last week and we went over a a lot of your, we didn't go over all of your top 10 strengths, but we went over a handful of your dominant strengths. And I love bringing that into the conversation because as we've alluded to in this conversation, the the self-awareness that it provides to see that you behave certain ways as explained by your strengths helps you realize like not everybody's like me. And some Mm -hmm. of these things that are explained by my strengths are how I show up as an entrepreneur. So with that in mind, were there one or two of your top 10 strengths that stuck out to you as, oh yeah, that's totally me. And I use this every day in my style of leadership or just as a founder. I mean, activator was obvious and that was number one. Yeah. Remind me. So do you remember what, what an activator looks like? Well, I think I just kind of wrote little notes while you were talking, but it was, I just wrote just jumps in, but there's a risk because you don't think through all the risks. So start to recognize opportunities, look at the person on your team and go to them to evaluate the risks because I am like, go, 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 make a decision. And like impatiently wanting to just jump, you know, and, and that, that was what I gathered. Cause I think I, I do that. I told you, like I do that on my mountain bike. I do that when I'm doing anything, anything. (laughs) It's like, I don't want to look at it. I just want to hit it or I don't, you know, and it's almost like I need to have somebody be like, Whoa, Rach, you got to like walk through the trail and make sure that that jump's not going to kill you or, and I've gotten really hurt because I don't ever do that. (laughs) Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love that some of it is physical and some of it's like mental and intellectual. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So that was like, very obvious. That one resonated with you. Well, and you, you uh, summarized it perfectly. It's that impatience for action. I want to be moving forward. And if that means it's, I like to describe it as uh, people with high activator, they're totally comfortable taking steps in the direction they know they want to go without seeing the end from the beginning. That's fine. I can learn as I go. Oh yeah. We'll come up on some obstacles, but we'll figure those out when we get there. We just need to get started. It's that comfort with movement and not always needing to, to plan ahead or think ahead before taking action. This is high for Scott too. Scott has high activator. You have, I, can, I think, I mean, I don't, I think we said you have like seven of the same top 10. Is that what I said mm-hmm. last time? Yeah. yeah. It's nuts. You guys are, you guys are like twins, but that activator is, uh, I imagine it's something that has helped you take advantage of opportunities that you might not have been able to take advantage of because it was time sensitive, or if you didn't act, that opportunity would have gone to somebody else. Have you ever seen your activator serve you well in your business? Oh, dude, Shark Tank. That was full activator. (laughs) Like how so? they were in town, they were in town. And my nanny told me, and she's like, go, go up there, audition. I'll take the kids. Like I'll, I'll, and I was like, okay. And I threw like two rags in my bag on the way up, called my bookkeeper, like, Hey, what are my numbers? Like, what's my gross sales? Zero thought about it. Got there. I was the last one to go in. (laughs) They were all eating lunch. So you usually go one-on-one with the, with the producer, Uh they were eating lunch and I was like, can I still pitch? And he's like, well, you're going to have to do it in front of all of them. 
all the producers. And I was like, okay, even so better. I opened the door and I'm like, Hey, and they were like, can we help you? And I just like did it. And they called me back the next day, loved it. And, and then while, while I'm talking through, you know, all of the, there's like documents that are like this thick and paper, just paperwork that's like nice. legal and whatever. And it's funny. Cause it was like before it, and it's a huge giant long process, but, um, before I went out to air, I then that is the point when I then sat down with like two attorneys and was like, Hey, should I do this? <laughs> Both of them were like, no, like these are, these legal documents are so skewed towards them. And like, they're, you know, people are going to rip you off and blah, blah, blah. And I wow. was like, I could evaluate the risks. And I was like, I'm going to do it anyway. Cause it's like, I would always wonder what could have been like, if I didn't, if didn't. jump and do that. Yeah. Wow. And it absolutely helped the business, you know? I yeah. just explained that early on. Like that was a big moment for us. So very cool. Very cool example. Yeah. So is there, did any of the other top 10 strengths stick out to you as one that you see regularly? So you mentioned that it was, um, I would like a lot of my strengths were influence, mm -hmm. which is totally not a surprise. That was, that was cool. I think one of them that maybe isn't something that sticks out to me regularly, but pretty often, but I also thought it was kind of interesting because you were explaining it was super unique was command. Is yeah. One Good. Of them? I wanted, I wanted to talk about that one. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. Command yeah, is one. Yeah, and, yeah. And I remember you saying like, it's really rare to have that be in your top 10, especially like even more rare for a female. Yes. And yeah. that was like, I see that. I see that all the time in my personal life. And I guess it's really served me too with my business, but that was interesting. Like that. It was such a, that it was rare too. Yeah. Well, one of the but things like, that we... it, it is something I see all the time. Sorry. Yeah. I, well, no, it's okay. That's, um, that's what we talked about when we met too, that all of these mm -hmm. strengths, uh, they come with the good and the bad. There are times when we're leveraging that strength in positive ways and they serve us well. And then there are times where they kind of get us in trouble. And command is one where uh, we talked about sometimes you can come across as intimidating to other people. And mm -hmm. sometimes even as a little bit of a bully, if you let mm -hmm. that command get the best of you. And I think that it being pretty uncommon is contributes to that. Sometimes people don't know what to do with you when they're not mm -hmm. used to interacting with somebody with high command. And Scott, we, we had a conversation about this a couple of days ago. You don't realize what your command does to other people. And it does take that self-awareness to start to realize like, oh, my command is doing this right now. And is I'm, that in, I'm in control. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I don't realize I'm, I'm, I, you know, I don't realize that. I don't know if you've had this, Rachel, where I feel like the dumbest person in the room and others perceive me as not the dumbest person in the room. And so like perception of how I think people see me and what, how they actually see me makes it so that there's a kind of a weird power dynamic that what it's like, I had to learn the hard way that I have more command than I thought I did mm -hmm. and kind of got kicked out of certain meetings because I thought I was just making suggestions. They thought I was telling them, them, how this thing should be run. And it wasn't all the case. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just a massive communicator. It likes to like throw stuff spaghetti on the wall, yeah. but they were thinking it was like, um, 
you know, let's go put that in our project management thing and start <laughs> yeah. working on it today. Word for word. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah. no, no. Just throwing it out there. So you, it's you always, both. Yeah, go ahead, Rachel. I was just going to say, it's always like one of those things that I hear about after the fact, you know, it's like, oh, the first time I met you, like I saw you walk in and I knew like that, that person's important. What the freak does that chick do? Or nice. they'll say something like that. And I'm like, really? Cause I feel like I am the biggest, like easiest to approach goofball. What the hell am I doing <laughs> nice. all the time? You know, yeah. but then you hear that. I hear that all the time. Like the opposite where it's like, I saw you walk in and I was like, Ooh, you know, <laughs> So you have to, so my, that's... my favorite is, oh, keep going. Sorry, Mike. No, no, go ahead, Scott. Your favorite. Well, no, just there's two things we need to cover. And that is how, how Rachel and I first met digitally. And then how I, why my uh, hair, why I have all this extra hair that I wear oh, around. Yeah. <laughs> it's because of Rachel? All inspired, all her, all her no fault. No way. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's funny. I'll take it. Influencer. Just well, I was I was just going to say, yeah, it's all those influencing strengths. You both have a ton of influencing strengths in your The little that I know, you know. Right. Yeah. But it's like when when I said that, though, you were like, well, duh. Like, of course, that's that's what would show up on my report. Uh, it's funny, Rachel, I've got to I don't remember if I told you this, but I've got to inject here that um, Scott, you probably don't remember this either. But right after Scott and I talked for the first time about his strengths he took the assessment we went over his results you were the first person he mentioned that he was like i need rachel to take this and i was that's like who's, awesome. who's rachel <laughs> so that's cool <laughs> that this has come full circle now we're talking about this yeah. but i thought it would be interesting it. to point out that you you have three strengths there are three strengths in particular that that you were just talking about or as you were talking made me think of these three strengths that scott has two and so I'm going to kind of share this with both of you as you think about the way that you're perceived in situations where Scott's changing his hair. Nice. Mm -hmm. in, in situations where you're perceived by other people as something maybe different than you thought you were being perceived. And you have, so you have high communication, high ideation, and high command. The high communication, well, actually, let me start with ideation. The high ideation means that the ideas are just always coming. There's always another idea around the corner. Somebody says something interesting. It's like, oh, we should do this. Oh, oh, we should try that. And it's fun to brainstorm. People with high ideation, they're always brainstorming. And so it can be really enjoyable to just throw out ideas. You do believe that they're good ideas, but oftentimes you're not married to them. It's like, well, I'm just going to put this out there so that if others agree it's a good idea, we can maybe do something about it. And if others don't believe it's a good idea, maybe we don't. But the ideation part is fun. So when you throw that in with communication, people with high communication feel really comfortable sharing their opinion, thinking out loud, talking, just even just having a conversation and using others as a sounding board and processing your thoughts vocally, that comes really natural to people with high communication. So pair that with ideation, those ideas that start here are just going to, they're going to come out really easily and naturally because you want to share and you're comfortable sharing. Now, when you throw in command with that, where you have presence and you give this impression of leadership to people and you take charge when somebody needs to take charge and you say the things that need to be said that nobody else is willing to say, you add that kind of trait into it. And all of a sudden you're commanding a conversation because you're comfortable talking, you have lots of ideas and you have this commanding presence that other people assume, well, you're in charge. I need to do what you say. And so I've actually worked with a ton of leaders who have high ideation and command, 
And they have to learn to shut up. They have to learn to just let other people talk first. All those ideas, maybe put it, actually, mm-hmm. I worked with a, a senior just female leader and she said she had to have a notebook next to her during a meeting so that she could write down all of her ideas while everybody else talked. And then once everybody else done, she was like, okay, now can I share? And she would go through her idea. So anyway, I'll just put that out there. Do you see that in yourself? Have you noticed that in meetings and interactions you've had? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I get annoyed at myself because I'm like, oh, I just keep interrupting you. Like I can see it. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And I'm such a list taker. Like if you got on my phone, cause I do that too. Like literally while you were talking about this, I thought of an idea of something that could really help rags. <laughs> I almost one second, I almost got on Slack, like, Hey, and wanted to type it while I was listening to you. But it's yeah. like, no, dude, just keep like capture that because it's, I'm going to forget it in like 30 minutes, you know, that's so, yes, good, though. It's, it's never ending. That's be- that's beautiful though that you know what tools you need to support you. What do you, what do I need to put in my environment to support my ideation, to support my communication, to make my command a little bit more sensitive to other people's perception of me? That increase in self awareness helps you know what to expect of yourself and how to communicate that better to your team and to the people you lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. I I mean yeah this this whole thing is like fascinating too because then it's like you know, when you're in the hiring process and you're hiring for somebody that you're going to have to work really closely to, it's honestly like a marriage. And, and sometimes even more than that, because you're with this person all the time, it's like really finding somebody that understands that and can work with that, you know, and, and vice versa. Like, I I wish I would have known about this forever ago because it would have, it would probably help me make better decisions, you know, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And I've seen it in, in the work that I do with teams and leaders. It's absolutely, it's a tool. It's not a, it's not a silver bullet. You, you know, as, as a founder, Mm -hmm. there is no silver bullet, but it's, it is a tool and it can be valuable. Right. Can we dig into, I want to explore real quick. Just, I had an impression as I was listening to you tell your shark tank story (laughs) that I want to explore a little bit around the, the idea of your command. And I pictured you peeking into a room where the people in charge are having lunch, they're done taking pitches, it sounds like, and you mm-hmm. realize that as, you, as your head goes in. I could see a handful of people who don't, most people who don't have command, peeking into that room, realizing this is over, this event is over, they don't wanna hear from me, they're eating lunch, and just slip right back out and disappear because, and just assume I was too late. You didn't do that. Like what was going through your head and how did that story play out? Cause I picture, I picture Rachel with command being like, and, and communication and woo and activator being like, Hey everybody, I'm, I'm your new friend. I'm going to talk to you while hey. you eat lunch. Cool. Right. So how did right. that go for I, you? Yeah. I mean, it touches on a lot of things we've just covered, but I think ignorance, ignorant, unbelievable optimism. I say that all the time. It's like, yeah. It's like, why wouldn't I do that? And then, and then also like goes back to the entertaining, the entertainer, you know, it's like, these guys are going to be stoked on this story. And like, who am I? I'm the most unassuming person. When I walk through the door, just a young mom with purple hair. And then I knew I had good numbers. So I had like, it was like this, I, I kind of like knew that the show, what the show was. And it's like, they want entertainment. They want like a great story. 
And so I was like, so confident that I could deliver that. And, and I was like, even more stoked that more people could hear. It was like walking around the room and like giving people high five, showing them the product. Like, you know, (laughs) it was like almost like to my benefit, but, but looking, it's one of those things too, where you look back and you're like, I can't believe I did that. Like, I just, it was like, it's, 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 it's kind of what we mentioned earlier, where any, anything like that, you can think of a million hurdles to get in your way, just even driving up there that day, you know, like there can be 15 hurdles that, that can get in your way. And it's literally like that almost every day in business where you're coming up with, especially if you're doing something innovative and you're doing something that has not really been done before, or you're trying to be a a disruption. It's like those there it's, it's, always you can come up with excuses why not to to do something you know and that was a perfect example like normally it's like well they're done and there's like boom 15 reasons why i shouldn't go in there yeah but it's like no why not you have nothing to lose like who cares if they if if i walk in and it's a flop it's like it is what it is you know they'll never see you again yeah and i'll never see them again it's like whatever i love that story i hear so many of your strengths in that story, but st- it started with the activator. We were talking about the fact that it was like, oh, they're here today. And mm-hmm. I'm with my kids and my nanny says I can go. I was like, all right. So you just picked up and went, <laughs> you barely made it in time. Even with your activator, there's no way if you would put any kind of planning or thought into that before going, there's no way that would have worked out. So that is a great example right. of how activator can be something that serves you. But I also hear the command and how you pushed through and entered the room and talked to these people, the woo and self-assurance. We didn't, I don't think we talked a lot about self-assurance when you and I met, but in a nutshell, the self-assurance is almost like, it's like the internal side of command. Command can be visible. It can be a little bit more expressive and people can see it in you. The self-assurance is, is deep down. I believe, why not me? Like I, I can do this. I make good decisions. I'm capable. And I know that I can do this, that deep belief in yourself is what self-assurance is. And I hear that in just about everything you've said during this whole conversation that for every setback or rejection that happens, maybe, maybe you get discouraged for a little bit, but you push through. It's like, no, why not me? I'm going to make this happen. Even optimism. Yeah. Even in, even in those cases too, I remember, I mean, I've had a lot of really hard things happen, like unbelievably hard. And, and even in those moments, it's like, why not me? Like, like my, my kid almost died. And I was like, you know, you always think like, oh, I feel so bad for these people that have to go through that. But then you think like, wait, why, why not me? You know? And, and then that's where you start thinking like, okay, I can figure it out. I can solve it. I can like, this isn't something that's just unique to me. And I'm going to be so sad about it. And I'm going to be this Cause why not me? Like it, it's, it's absolutely possible. And it's the same. So like it can be both on, on both sides of the coin, but really it's just like where, how you choose to react and respond and not allowing yourself to be like a victim. It's just, instead it's like on, on both sides, you know, it's like, why can't I go and, and one day be sitting in a, in a chair and be a shark on shark tank? Why not me? Or the opposite, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, that is, that has also been my attitude, you know? So it's not always just awesome and so fun and good. And I'm just powerhouse. It's like, no, dude, there is hard, hard stuff. But again, why, why not me? I don't know. I love that. 
Is Shark so are you gonna be an you investor be in, chair, in Shark Tank? In Shark yeah, Tank. I wondered. <laughs> is you that need, a goal of yours? Never. Chair. No, thanks. I just wanna I just wanna have as much money as I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would never want to be in the in the Shark Tank chair, but I actually do enjoy like listening to pitches and helping people. And that would be you rad. could virtually, if you didn't have to live in LA or New York, whatever, if you could virtually sit in your house and throw together a few hours of watching people. I mean, there's nothing. There's honestly, I've been in a few um like you know, mock small little local shark tanks. And there's nothing more fun than mm-hmm. sitting in a chair, having people grovel at you with their idea <laughs> and, being able to, and just being able to spout out your crappy faux wisdom. Right. And, and you know what you're talking about. It's pretty fun. It's, it's high on my entertainment. <laughs> it's, pretty validating, it's, entertain. right? it's entertainment, dude. Oh my That's gosh, why that I keeps fun. coming it's up. Like, yeah. It's real. It's oh like goodness. entertaining. I would have a wig every time different yeah. one. A different one, Every right? show would be a different wig. So Rachel just wants to be invited to be in the chair so that she yeah, can say no, but but know that she was qualified and invited. <laughs> yeah, good exactly. Nice. There you go. I'll, well, I'll take whatever. <laughs> so we're we're coming up on time here, but I did want to wrap up by asking you one more question. So what is one thing you wish you'd known about starting a business before experiencing it yourself? Mm. Oh my gosh, this is hard because there's so much. Um, I, the thing that I'm just going to say it because it's it's like the first thing on my mind. It may just be where I'm at in my business was um, understanding, you know, all the different types and of personalities that you're going to need to work with and manage and. And I think, and that's really genuine, not because of this exercise, but maybe that's why I'm so passionate about, about this, this conversation that I've had with you because a big, big, I remember calling one of my investors and being like, dude, I swear to you, 90% of my day is managing people. Like I want to freaking be creative and I want to be influencing and I want to and of course there's an ounce of influencing there, you know, but I remember his response back was like, welcome to the club. Same like, and he's running a massive business, you know? And it's like that you don't think about when, especially in the beginning, it's really just like, it's you and you're like coming up with the idea and it's all this adrenaline because people love it. And people are throwing money at you for something that you created. And it's so fun. And then you grow and you're hitting these different stages and you're realizing you're bringing in people that are better at at these things than I am. And, and, but with that comes like a whole bag of personality and a whole bag of how does this person tick? So not only am I like trying to run a business, but I'm trying to like figure out how to, how do I manage all these personalities? I think I can do that pretty well, but like, how does, how does this person over here work better with this person? Or how does, how can I make it so that gels? And I think it's a constant thing. I say this, I mean, even just being a parent, you have kids and it's almost like every kid you have, you have to reparent. You have to learn how to freaking be a parent again because they're all so, so freaking different, you know? So it's, it's the same with, with building a business. And it's something that I think is absolutely imperative. Like you're only as good as your team. And, and if you're hiring people that are just, and I've done it, I've hired people that are just like me and it flops, you know, or I, it, really understanding and recognizing like, where am I really weak and what do I need in, in a partner or what do I need over here? It, it's like, that is, that is a massive, massive, obli- like responsibility. 
and you're paying, you know, you're, you're helping them with their families and you're funding their life and you're, it's a lot of pressure, you know, you don't want to make a mistake. Wow. So that I, I would say that was, yeah, that's a learning for sure. Cool. Thank you for that. So where can people find you to learn more about you or rags? So rags.com I mentioned, uh, that's our website and then rags to Rachel's on Instagram, uh, rags clothing, I think on Facebook, I don't know, rags, <laughs> you'll find it, uh, but yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll find it. Yeah. And you can, and you can reach out to her anonymously like I did four years ago. Yeah. Scott, her, Scott's a nut. I said, Rachel, I don't know you, but you need to build me a adult onesie with your you know a romper i want an adult romper and i thought she'd shut me down and she's like let's do it and then we became besties <laughs> no way is that that's how you met? yet to build me the romper <laughs> i just took a picture of you guys what it's i know coming. scott i we're gonna be friends forever though so okay so we have all our lives yeah, yeah. To build the romper. Yeah. I'll, you'll she'll make me one in the metaverse first before it happens in real life <laughs> yeah. as long as you'll you're still friends she hasn't gone back on her promise that's so she's got all that's the time in the point. world yeah very cool rachel it was so fun to talk to you thank you for joining us on the founder dna podcast yes thanks for having me thank you for joining us on the founder dna podcast if you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to receive notifications about new episodes and also consider leaving a rating and review to spread the word you can find more content from Scott Paul on LinkedIn and on his YouTube channel, Life with Scott. And you can find more content from Micah Lawrence on LinkedIn or at micahlawrence.com. For a discount on Micah's flagship online course, The Self-Actualized Leader, visit micahlawrence.com slash founder DNA discount. The music used on this episode was Something Elated by Broke for Free. <laughs>